Welcome to the Heme Consult Podcast, a weekly inspiration infusion for women of color and hematology. Dear woman of color and hematology, Heme Consults is your personal space to rest, recharge, and renew your spirit with a weekly infusion of inspiration from hematologist Dr. Toyasi Anwemena. Every Sunday, Dr. Anwemena will remind you that you are a superstar and have everything you need to succeed in your incredible career as a hematologist. Welcome to the Hematology Sisterhood that will transform your world. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Heme Consults podcast. I'm your host, Tessie Unwemena, and it is such a pleasure to be speaking with you today. I am a hematologist, physician scientist, educator, and coach extraordinaire. And I'm excited to bring today's episode to you called Overcoming Envy at Work. (laughs) Oh, we're talking about overcoming envy at work. And our theme scripture is Acts chapter 7 from verse 9 to 10. Before I get started on today's episode, I just want to encourage you, a woman of color in hematology, that sometimes your journey feels lonely and you feel isolated because you came into your workplace with an expectation of community. And sometimes instead of a warm and welcoming embrace, you've been met by criticism and judgment and things that have not helped you feel like you belong at all. And I hear you asking, do I belong? Should I even be here? What is the point? And I just want to encourage you that, yes, you are supposed to be here. And even when you may not feel welcomed, this is your space. The space in which you occupy is your space. Yes, it is your home, even if it doesn't feel like it. And I want to encourage you to create space for yourself. You've waited for other people to embrace you. You've waited for other people to encourage you warmly. And they haven't done that. And I just invite you to create space for yourself. And I hope that as you do, you create the warm and welcoming environment that others have denied to you. And once you create it, that you have the opportunity to enjoy it and to make it a warm and welcoming space for other people as well. And I invite you to that work. Thank you. Thank you in advance for the warm and welcoming spaces you will create for yourself and for so many who are coming after you. All right. (laughs) Today we're talking about overcoming envy at work. I want to encourage you that if you are dealing with envy at work and you need help working through the process and you want to work with a coach to help you navigate, I want to invite you to reach out to me and let's talk about how I can be helpful to you and help you navigate in your career and help you create the kind of warm and welcoming environment that you seek to have that you may not have around you. But okay, we're talking today about overcoming envy at work. And the story I want to share is a story that actually I've put out of my mind for a while. But it came back to me this morning as I was reading the story of somebody else who experienced quite a bit of envy. And that's the scripture that I referenced at the beginning. 
And this particular story was of a colleague who, goodness, was such a lovely person. And I think I would still say this colleague is a lovely person because people have many facets to them. And sometimes when bad things come out of people, there's a sense that, oh my goodness, they're all bad. But in reality, people are just people. And every aspect of them is neutral. And sometimes you experience it in a way that's not neutral, but it doesn't mean that they're bad. It just means that they're who they are. So this person is still lovely and was lovely at the time that we first started, you know, working together. And I really enjoyed having conversations with this colleague. And this colleague is brilliant, sharp, witty, and very, very thoughtful. And so over time, I got very, very close to this person. And I spent a lot of time sharing my thoughts my good thoughts, my bad thoughts about people. And it was just really comfortable to have a challenging experience at work and then call this colleague and share what these challenging experiences were. And what I thought at the time and what I hoped at the time, what I experienced at the time was that it was a mutual relationship and that as much as I respected and really felt like I could trust this person that they in turn felt that they could trust and respect me. At least that's the sense that I got. But over time, I started to notice signs of things not being quite right. And it was from third parties. And I told you this person is lovely. And, you know, when people are lovely, I think that there are people around them who want to protect them from harm. And I started getting overtures from other people who are close to this person that made me wonder, okay, what do they think I'm doing with this person? Like, what do they think? How, how are they treating me this way? Why are they treating me funny? What am I doing? What are, what are they saying that I'm doing? Anyway, so there were a lot of things that kind of started not making sense, where it seemed as if, even though I thought the relationship with this colleague was warm and fuzzy, there was something happening in the background that I could sense, but I couldn't quite put, put a finger on. Anyway, ultimately, I discovered that this person had been undermining me and some of the recommendations they had made to me um, actually were meant to to put me in a bad light. And at the same time, they were telling stories of me to other people in their world. And so the things that I was experiencing from the people in their world was real. <laughs> they were real. <laughs> This colleague was painting a picture of me as somebody who was taking advantage of them and treating them badly. And I didn't know this, but it all finally came out and the details are not as important. But it all finally came out in one ugly and lurid story. And I have to tell you that I was so hurt, so hurt. I felt so betrayed because when you trust people, and you share things with them. You know, when, when somebody builds trust with you, you start to share things with them that ordinarily you wouldn't share, but you share because you feel like it's a trust. It's a situation that you can trust the person. And so in the moment of discovering that all along, there wasn't the mutual respect and there wasn't the mutual, um, maybe love is the word I would use. There wasn't that. There was really envy and anger and venomous behavior. <laughs> I say venomous because I really did feel like I'd been bitten by a snake at the end of all of this. 
And it was kind of an interesting experience. But I will tell you that I felt betrayed and hurt and angry. And I cried. I cried quite a bit because I think I'd just never been so poorly treated. And I'd never experienced such betrayal. Never, really. I don't think so. When I look back, I'm thinking, have I ever been betrayed so badly? I think the answer is no. But it really did take time to recover from that. Oh, I was so hurt. I was so broken. <laughs> uh, but I remember the story. And I wanted to share it because I believe that someone who's listening to me today has had a similar experience of betrayal and betrayal of confidence and shock at how venom could come out of somebody that you've worked so closely with. And if it's not you, it's somebody else around you. Or maybe it's you tomorrow, I don't know. And I'm not wishing you bad things. I'm just realizing, as I have heard other people's stories recently that have kind of resonated in the same way, that whenever you are a person who's on your way to something great, you will run into situations like this where there is envy. And wow, envy can be ugly. And anyway, I just, I just, I'm sharing the story with you because I know it is your reality or the reality of someone who's close to you, or maybe will be a reality in the future, not wishing you bad things. But when you are on your way to doing something great, there will always be someone who's looking at you and feeling envious. And so I want to share some thoughts that I have from this story of disaster and brokenness. <laughs> because I hope it will be helpful to you. Well, the first thing I want to share with you that I think it's important to say is that envy is bad. <laughs> and it doesn't make sense, but it creates so much evil. Because what envy is, is envy is wanting what you want. It's wanting what somebody else wants. And looking at the other person as the source of your problems, right? It's like, I want what you want. And I don't just want what you want, but because of what you have, I don't have what I want. Envy is so ugly because it blames the other person for what you are lacking inside. So it doesn't make sense to us because, and sometimes that's why envy blindsides us. It's like, wait a minute, what? You're envious of me? Huh? And that's the funny thing about envy. Envy doesn't make sense. It doesn't even have to be that you are miles ahead of people. Sometimes it's that, you know, you're looking up to them and you're thinking, you're so awesome and amazing. And they're envious. And the reason envy doesn't make sense to us is because envy is an internal struggle. And the problem is envy is, is a deceptive thing because envy says the problem is outside of you. Envy says if that person could just get out of the way, your life would be better. Envy says if they would just move out of the way, you could take what they have. Envy, envy is a lying, it's a lying thing. <laughs> it, it lies to you. It puts the problem outside of you. And I will tell you that in life, there is no problem that's outside of you. Every problem you will ever have comes from inside you. The way you feel about things, the way you interpret things, it's all an inside, it's all an inside job. It's an inside game. 
But envy lies to you. It says that person is the source of your problems. If you can get just just get rid of that person, your life will be better. And unfortunately, it's a lie. And envy, oh my goodness, when it grows and it grows and it grows and it grows, it can become so vicious, so vile. It is ready to do whatever it takes to destroy the thing that's the object of envy. Envy is so evil. And, and I just, I think I'm just sharing it to say that when you see envy and you're like, oh no, this person couldn't be envious. They're further ahead of me. Mm -mm -mm. I want you to remember that I told you that envy doesn't make sense. It can take many shapes and forms. I want you to recognize it because I want you to stay out of its way. Envy cannot be healed. It cannot be cured. You cannot do the curing. You stay out of the way of envy. But I'm also sharing it with you because I don't want you to be the one who's envious. If you look at someone and they have something you don't have, it's not their fault. And it's not on them to give you what you need. It's always going to be on you. And they may have favor and love of somebody that you care deeply about. And you're like, well, if I could just move them out of the way, I have the favor and the love. It's not true. Whatever you have, you create. And if you don't have it, go create it. But I want to encourage you not to look at anybody who has something that you think you don't have and focus on that. Because the more you dwell on what they have, the less you can see what you have. And the bigger and bigger your feeling of inadequacy and your feeling of, of, of lack grows. The more you look at what other people have, you despise what you have. And the more what you have shrinks out of your sight. And the truth is, if you don't have things, you actually, because you're so focused on the things that other people have and you miss what you have, you end up with less. And it's not that you physically end up with less. It's that if you can't appreciate the things you already have, you see them less and less. So I just want to encourage you that if for whatever reason there's anybody in your life that you're envious towards, I want to encourage you to just stop focusing on them. Leave them out of the picture. It doesn't even matter what it is. Maybe it's a sibling. They have the love of a parent. <laughs> Maybe it's, it's, it's somebody at work who's got all these grants and you don't. Maybe it's somebody who's at work who has a certain schedule and you don't. Leave them out of the picture. Don't focus on them. Focus on you, what you already have. Because when you focus on what you have, when you're thankful for what you have, it grows. And I just want to encourage you. Don't get consumed by envy. It is a raging monster. It will not let you go. You're the one to let it go. And don't let other people's envy bother you because envy cannot, you cannot make sense of it. You cannot make sense of it. Okay, that's, that's the first thing I want to tell you. The second thing I want to tell you is that we cannot help people who are lost and stuck in envy. We cannot. And here's the problem. Sometimes when we see people stuck in envy, we want to help them. We're like, okay, are you envious of me because I'm so amazing? Okay, why don't I make myself less amazing? Then maybe you'll feel better. But it doesn't work. Envy is an inside monster that's eating away at people and showing them things that are not true. And so for you to say, okay, if I make myself smaller, will you feel better? It doesn't work. It doesn't because that monster that's inside them is still eating them up. They, they're giving permission to the monster of envy to eat them up. You can't do anything for them. It's a job that they have to go and do and sit with and fix. You cannot fix it. And so sometimes I see this happening where people look at maybe maybe your, your division chief is, is, is envious of you. Maybe someone who's like, you know, bigger and badder or supposed to be bigger and badder than you 
is envious of you and you're like, okay, if I just pretend not to be something, they'll feel better. It doesn't work. And the same with you. If you're the one who has envy and you're looking at someone and saying, if you could just get smaller, if you could just be more ordinary, if you could just have fewer things, I would be happy. It's not true. Dealing with envy is an inside job. You can't help other people deal with their envy. You can only deal with your own. And the way that to deal with your envy is just acknowledge your selfishness. Acknowledge that you are not recognizing the gift that you already have. You're so focused on other people. Focus just on you. What do you already have? What is in your hand? What are the gifts and the talents that you already have? And how do you appreciate them? How do you grow in them? That's the inside work you need to do. And I will tell you that if you're struggling and you want to work with a coach, please reach out to me. It is an inside job. Nobody can do this work for you. And in the same way that nobody can do this work for you, you cannot do the work for other people. If people are struggling with envy, you cannot help them stop trying to. Stop trying to help other people who are envious of you by making yourself smaller, by settling for less, because it doesn't work. You'll be dissatisfied with who you become and you will not help them because you cannot help them. You cannot help people overcome their envy. It is a job they have to do for themselves. The third thing I want to tell you is that your job when you identify someone who's envious of you is to get out of their way. Go out of their way and just be everything that you can be. I told you, you can't make yourself smaller. There's nothing you can do that helps them overcome their envy. But you have got to do what you need to do for you, which is go be everything you're supposed to be. Don't be small. Go be everything you're supposed to be. Make something great of yourself because that is your responsibility. And you know what? Don't think, oh, let me give people fewer things to be envious of. Give them more. I mean, your job and your focus is not to make people envious of you. They just will be. Stop worrying about it. Just just go make yourself so much more. <laughs> because the energy that you take trying to make people feel less envious is taking away from the energy that you could use to continue to expand and grow and be all that you can be. And so I invite you to get out of the way of people who are envious and go make something great of yourself. Okay, so my calls to action are, first of all, number one, don't make excuses for people. Sometimes we see people acting funny towards us and we're like, oh, it must be because their cat died. It must be because, you know, this has been the third night in the row where they've been on call and that's why they're so crabby. If you don't know the answer, you just accept that you don't know why they're being crabby. If you want to, you could ask, hey, I'm having a sense that you're being a little bit crabby today. How come? Ask them if you want to, but don't make excuses for anybody. Don't ever make an excuse for anybody. If people are behaving badly, they're behaving badly because they choose to. There's nothing outside of our control unless we choose not to control our experience. And so if somebody's like, oh, I'm feeling crabby just because, you know, I'm hungry, Okay, well, you you have the choice of going to find food so that you don't have to be crabby. But if you're not going to go feed yourself and you're crabby, then that's on you. <laughs> but the whole excuse of I'm hungry and that's why I'm crabby, it's not even a good excuse. And if that's an excuse you're using personally, please just take it away. Don't let the environment be the source of who you are or how you show up in the world. 
because you control your environment. You do. If there's no food, well, go get food and stop being crabby. (laughs) And the same for the other person. But don't make excuses for people. Don't say, oh, it was because they didn't get the grant. That's why they're lashing out at everybody. Mm, I don't know. Because the environment doesn't create us. We are the ones to make the mark on our environment. So don't don't make excuses for people. Don't say they're envious because blah, blah. It doesn't even matter what the excuse is. Don't make excuses for them. You can ask them, but don't make excuses for them. Let them tell you why they're upset if they choose to. But it is not your job to make excuses for other people. Other people show up as they want to. Don't make excuses for them. The second thing I want to ask you to do is to believe people when they show you who they are. And if possible, believe them the first time. You go into a situation where you're having a conversation with a mentor and they start yelling at you. And they're like, I'm so sorry. It's because there's a lot going on. Believe them the first time. Believe their actions louder than the words they speak to you. If somebody disrespects you or treats you poorly, believe them the first time they do that. Don't trust their words that say, oh, I I didn't mean that. Believe what they show you. And and maybe, you know, people do make mistakes. Maybe it it was true. They, They, you know, in a moment of weakness, they lashed out and they didn't mean it. Well, watch. Is there a behavior consistent with what they said? And if it's not, if you have to choose between what people say and how they behave, you choose what they behave, how they behave. Choose the belief of how they behave every time. My call to action number three is to just get out of the way of people who are behaving badly and go make something of yourself. Don't spend time trying to help them behave better. Don't spend time trying to manage their environment so that they can feel better. Just allow them to be. Each of us is responsible for the way we interpret our world, for the way we interact with our world, for the way in which we allow environments to shape us. Nobody else can do that work for us. And so stop trying to do that work for other people. Stop trying to help people accept you. Stop trying to help them believe in you. Just go be you. Go be more of you because more of you is what we need, not less of you. And in trying to help other people manage their experience of you, what you're doing is diminishing you. And I invite you to give us all of you and to not allow anybody to make you less than you are. So those are my three calls to action for you. And I invite you, a woman of color in hematology, to recognize the beauty of who you are. And the fact that you're like a diamond that was just picked out of a diamond mine. You're not, yet, you're not even yet polished to the beauty of who you are becoming. And your job as you're going through in your experience, in your career, is to be so much more of who you already are. So much more polished, beautiful, sparkling. Don't be any less. Don't accept any less. But the work must be done to sharpen and polish and focus you. The work must be done. And there is no one who can do this work better than you. And so I just invite you to take your energy back from all the places into which you sunk it and focus it on growing into the person you must become because the world needs you. We need you, I need you, you need you to be all that you can be. All right, it has been a pleasure talking with you today. Again, I invite you 
to come work with me. And if not you, maybe somebody else needs to. But you have an obligation to yourself and to be honest to the world to become everything that you can be. And I invite you to step into the space to no longer settle for the shadow of who you will become and instead step into the fullness of the glory of the woman that you must be. (laughs) All right. It has been a pleasure talking with you today. I look forward to the next time. Have a great week.